Ten Drink Minimum is a proud member of the Barillas Podcasters Guild. party of the weekend big shout out to the moderna mafia out there you know who you are we have a special show for you this evening on 10 drink minimum let me bring everyone in smiley's throw throw that up again smiley do it again i saw that so smiley's in the house yeah hi smiley hey there uh, hi everyone we got holly in hello Someone says in the chat, Pfizer por vida. <laughs> if I can put that in. It's kind of running slow on my computer today. Uh, there we go. So, and then we have a very special guest from downtown Albuquerque News. We have Peter Rice with us today. Welcome, Peter, to the show. Thanks so much for having me. So explain to people, because I know that there are a lot probably in Albuquerque that are like, what is downtown Albuquerque News? Well, it's a, it's a subscription e-newsletter. It comes out five days a week, and it is all about what's going on in kind of what we call greater downtown. And, you know, downtown is this fairly am amorphous concept, but hmm. we generally define it as I-40, the river, uh, Cesar Chavez, and the, ra and, uh, the railroad tracks, or I-25, depending on yeah. which side of the bed we woke up on. Uh, <laughs> it's for the downtown municipal community we know who it yeah. is yeah <laughs> downtown and surrounding neighborhoods so right. yeah it's uh gosh it started uh started in summer of 2019 so we're going on almost two years oh wow and it's um yeah it's it's a lot of you know when you think of local news in a community newspaper and you think of you know how what what you kind of would like to see in terms of you know what's literally going on in a in a kind of thousand two thousand foot radius of your house that's right. kind of what we're out uh, out there for uh plus some more uh some larger issues that affect life in in greater downtown in a in a, in a broader sense something we all have in common even if you live you know in a gated community in west old town or down by the zoo where i live nice well, and, and it's one of those things where it's like only really Albuquerque or downtown Albuquerque could have its own like e-newsletter, right? I mean, you really, you really couldn't do like Taylor Ranch, you know, you're going to have the Taylor Ranch Times. I don't know. Maybe you could. I, well, yeah, I, I, it helps that a community has a sense of itself. Yeah. In other words, it's got to have some kind of identity for for people to really and something in common. Uh, with other people, which which works downtown, right? Because we have, you know, we all live in fairly historic neighborhoods. 
we all are kind of hemmed in by the river and these freeways and stuff like that. And, and people who live in greater downtown tend to like being where the action is, but maybe not necessarily right on top of the action. Uh, although sometimes they do too. So uh, I th yeah, we all have a certain mindset, those of us who, who live or, or have some kind of other emotional investment in, in greater downtown, I, I find at least. Can you, can you explain that? Cause I, I talk about this all the time, all the time, like trying to explain it is, is very difficult, but it, it, you kind of hit on it, but like, can you explain that a little more like how we, what you were just saying in terms of the, the shared identity or the, yeah, yes, yes. Well, okay. And so this, this gets into some really ethereal sociological stuff and I barely understand it at all, but you know, we, we all, there, there's a, there's plenty of reasons not to live downtown. Oh, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we can, we can, there, we can name them the car fires, the, blood, <laughs> the, blood holes, the medical, waste, medical yeah. waste. I mean, that's, there's, there's definitely medical waste. Yeah. I mean, it's Albuquerque is a rough town in general and downtown areas are always a little rougher than their outlying areas, no matter what town you're at. And that goes for, you know, Portland and Austin and London and Albuquerque and everywhere else. Uh, so I think the type of person who thinks, you know, despite the disadvantages, I think the advantages of living really close to a lot of you know, restaurants and bars and coffee shops and in a, in a really a pretty walkable atmosphere, uh, downtown is full of people who thought, you know, I'm going to despite the the obvious disadvantages i think these these things over here drastically outweigh them and and so i'm going to i'm going to make it happen nice so as i mean it's very clear that so i love it downtown smiley loves it downtown hollywood i do i, do. I lived there for a little while i'm i'm looking to go back all of our friends <laughs> we we definitely have a scene down here and you know, like when I made that joke earlier about the, the medical waste, the blood pools and the car park, that's like what, because like we love our community and like we, we want to keep out like all the tourism, the tour, not, <laughs> like, you know, we don't, we don't want to, we don't want to mess up the, the identity that we love, I guess, <laughs> is the word. And so we always say that stuff so that people are like, I don't want to go there. But, but, uh, recently, well. recently, this story came out. And I saw it on like one of the major news sites of the city. And it said, uh, obscure website names Albuquerque city more dangerous than Juarez, Mexico. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, what? Uh, first, first, first of all, it is. But second of all, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff yeah. on the internet. Uh, <laughs> we, we may have discovered this before. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't lend that any credence. No, I no, give it I, a second thought. No, and I was like, what? What are they even? I was like, have they been to war? I'm not saying, I'm not saying bad <laughs> about the city of Juarez, not in any way, shape, or form. But goodness gracious, man, like that's some <laughs> stuff right there. It's like. I don't, know. I don't know. I just thought that was I would I, I, like I, I had to take a double take. I was like, first of all, I was like upset. Then second of all, I was like, okay, good, good. Maybe that'll come out more because <laughs> I, <laughs> I just don't like sharing. You know, I, I woke up yesterday and I walked out on my back porch 
in downtown Albuquerque, and there were five hot air balloons just floating up in the sky above my house, as beautiful as it possibly could be. As I, as underneath them is the mountains, you know. Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, this is amazing. And I don't want someone to come and put a skyscraper right in front of that, you know. <laughs> and and now you and I, we were talking earlier, and we we live with an earshot of the zoo, so you probably also enjoy the the ringing cries of the gibbons. I, but, uh, I don't get it as much as everyone. It's weird. Like I really? can't. Uh-uh. And uh, and this comes from somebody who grew up near a zoo, where <laughs> I got very used to the peacock sound. Peacocks like ah, ah, and like I I don't hear. I hear so there's a lot of geese that land in that that uh, park across the way, and I hear those. Like I can hear them flying around. Now I do hear the ghetto birds constantly. <laughs> All day. Um, you're you're hearing less and less of them though. Uh, okay. We've actually been doing some stories about that. They right. the city got a lot of blowback for for how much it was hovering. The helicopters were and air, aircraft, fixed wing aircraft were hovering over yeah. not just downtown but also the uh, international district, Southeast Mesa, that area. Uh, mm-hmm. And the, they haven't really given an official explanation for what they've done. However, just based on the number of flights the helicopters have taken, they're way down. So, okay. well, somebody <laughs> then it's either the news or it's uh, uh, you know them flying somebody from the hospital. Maybe I don't know. Oh yeah, I mean there's still a lot. It's yeah, just it was it was pretty crazy last summer. Oh gosh, like, I lived in an apartment downtown and they would shake the building. Yeah, oh, at like three in the morning. So someone says hello to Peter. Hi, Emma. So Peter, give us your background. What, what, where did you come from? What made you decide you wanted to do downtown Albuquerque? And you're like, how did you get from where you came from to, to here? Like where, you know, what's the genesis? Sure. Well, I, I always kind of wanted to be a reporter. Uh, I grew up in Washington state, uh, worked at, uh, worked at some public radio stations there when I was a, really just a teenager uh, went to college in Colorado, worked at, kind of made the transfer to newspapers, worked at a twice weekly in Oregon after college. And then my, my second full-time job out of college was, uh, at the Albuquerque Tribune where I was the second to last reporter ever hired. Oh, wow. Uh, and that was kind of, now, so the, the Tribune was an afternoon paper and they weren't doing very well to begin with when I got there. Uh, and the newspaper, and that was kind of a, uh, oh gosh, we got all, all kinds of people checking in here. That, that was kind of a, a foreshadowing of what was going on with the rest of the newspaper industry. Yeah. Uh, just kind of tanking. Mm-hmm. And I, I figured after the Tribune, uh, that I would just go away and do a, something else for a few years. And surely the newspaper industry would fix itself and figure out how to, how to charge people for goods and services again, which it apparently had forgotten how to do. Mm. Uh, and several depressing years later, it had still not done that. So really this is downtown Albuquerque news is sure. First and foremost, uh, a news venue for people who you know care about local politics and transportation and development and, and culture and art and features and stuff like that. Uh, and who live in greater downtown or have some, emotional investment in it. But secondarily, Dan is about uh, running a demonstration project to show the newspaper industry as a whole 
that if you provide people with quality content they can't get anywhere else and don't give it away for free on the internet, then uh, mm -hmm. you can support journalists. And, wow. Uh, the, and, and kind of the philosophical background of that is that I tend to believe that the more journalists full-time a city has, the better run that city is and the more of a sense of cultural identity that city tends to have. Uh, we're really a we're really a fairly obnoxious bunch, uh, and we kind of go around asking impertinent questions of of city officials, or as you uh, should, as you should. Uh, yeah, and you know, it's not we're not all Woodward and Bernstein, and certainly <laughs> that's not every day or anything like that. But on a good day, uh, hopefully, the idea is that government officials. Uh, do their jobs a little bit better knowing that obnoxious people are potentially going to ask them questions about it. Or, or, or they might get caught doing something and then maybe that might come out in the... Yeah, something like that. At, but, but at the same time, hopefully we all, you know, the, the more we know about our local environs, the more we have a better sense of, of, of loving our environs and, and hopefully are more motivated to take care of them, whether that be through you know, showing up at a city council meeting or just talking to your neighbors more or mm -hmm. just feeling like you have something in common with everybody else. So there's there's a lot of good that local journalism can do. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's it's downtown Albuquerque News is at, at one sense a for-profit venture in its purest sense yeah. of, of capitalism. And on the other hand, it's it's a kind of a demo in how we can hopefully fund some good things uh for for the future but do you say that is a bad thing like I, I feel like you know you you could you know you're like oh, a for-profit thing well sure because you know you as it's your job like you're you're doing this so that like people subscribe and then they you can pay your mortgage or rent or whatever you know whichever one and uh you know i feel like that's a, that's also a good thing because it makes you hungry and you're going to go out and you're going to find the stories yeah. that people want to like mm -hmm you know read and uh you know it's weird because like whenever i first heard about it it's like when you first i think it was literally the 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 week you you sent out a thing kind of somewhere on social media and i was like oh wow someone's doing a a, a newspaper downtown and at first i was like wow that seemed you know because we've seen in the recent uh years the fall of the alibi you know you've seen uh iq magazine fall mm -hmm. and so it's like a really bad idea. And all I was like, ooh, that's gonna be a tough one. But you seem to have like dove in and like, you know, I, I've read a, a bunch of the issues and they're fantastic. Like I'll say this, like I, I feel like, you know, it's weird seeing someone who's like doing the who, what, where, when, and why. And they're not doing it with like uh, an opinion or a slant really that you're telling the news you're like here's the news here's what's happening in this area here's what's happening in your community now mm -hmm. now where it may go i don't know but here's what's going on and i like that yeah, yeah. i and, and what's <laughs> well first of all thank you mm -hmm. uh and boy we got uh we got the the i am fan club here <laughs> calm down people you're making me blush uh yeah. but yeah so 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 what you're saying is 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 true, but what what strikes me as you're saying it is how basic that used to be. Right. Right. Like there's mm -hmm. 
there is nothing I'm doing that's particularly revolutionary. No. Like I, there is, and especially the opinion stuff. I mean, everyone loves writing opinion yeah. journalism, but you're automatically, you know, dividing your audience in half if you do that. I, I personally don't <laughs> think my opinions are worth paying for. Um, but, you know, I guess a few people managed to uh, uh, make that work somehow. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I, I started out, my first job after college was in a small twice weekly newspaper in a town of five, 7,000 people, give or take, on the Oregon coast. And it just had a very healthy sense of what local news was and what people were interested in. And it had a, it had a very small, cohesive community. It's the type of place where everybody has something in common. They, uh, they all are just kind of hanging out uh, at the same grocery stores, uh, all the, oh yes, yes. Peter drank his 10 drink minimum. Sorry, I'm for those listening on audio, we're getting bombarded by a, a series of, of texts here. But uh, anyway, um, we, have, we have this uh, situation here where there's, there's just this very basic model of, of small community journalism that's been there forever. And you could find it in Albuquerque, even if you go back long enough, right. especially yeah. when it was a smaller town. All I've done is taken that and put it on MailChimp, basically, uh, and, mm -hmm. and got rid of the, the printing presses. It's really, it's pretty basic stuff. Stop the presses. <laughs> you don't get to run in and do that, though? You don't get to run in and go, stop the presses. <laughs> yeah, not, uh, there's, there's some of the romance that's gone. Actually, the, the inner button. Like, the best thing, and and most people don't get to experience this, but so when I was at the Tribune, the, the press was on site, yeah. and they would deliver the paper like 15 seconds after it had been printed. Oh, wow. uh, and the smell of a freshly printed newspaper is just, it's amazing. It's yeah. it, particularly if you're on the front page, it smells even better at that point. <laughs> uh, but it's yeah, it's it's uh, there's plenty of romance in the old days of mm. of newspapers, and you know if we could go back to it, I would, but it's yeah. we can't, and because the internet exists. So well, I have I've talked to people within the last like year, and they're like, yeah, man, I've, and I'm like, wow, you've done a really good job with your brand, and I've like complimented, and they're like, yeah, our next thing is we're gonna put out a print paper, and I'm always like, what? Why? Why would you do that? You know. <laughs> And it's, it's like, and they're like, well, that, you know, I've always wanted to do like an alibi type paper. And I'm like, well, there's a reason that, you know, people aren't doing that anymore. It's quite expensive. It's not inconceivable that something like that could work, but I think it's a, it's a real niche. It's, yeah. it's not going to work most of the time. Right. And, you know, why would you? Like I could, I, my distribution costs are about 20 bucks a month. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Which compare, yeah. So let me ask you this question. So how um, how do you go about getting like like a story or a scoop? Like how do you how do you get on that? Do you like decide like, hey, I'm gonna go look for this, or does it sometimes just accidentally happen, or is it a bit of both? Yeah, there's there's kind of a combination of things. I'd, I'd say I, the the short answer is I go to a lot of meetings, uh, <laughs> a lot of neighborhood association meetings, oh. a lot of. Uh, you know, very city advisory boards that no reporter has ever gone to. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the, and, and, and 
the meetings themselves almost never make it into downtown Albuquerque news. They're not, <laughs> they're not usually newsworthy yeah. uh, in and of themselves, but they're, they're places where people in the neighborhoods that are in our coverage zone kind of come together and talk about random stuff. Uh, and so sometimes the things they talk about are become stories. Uh, it's just like, oh, I didn't know that. Let's dig in further. Or sometimes it's just like offhand remarks that become become interesting stories. Like, you know, people are getting up to go and they're like, hey, have you checked out the new pizza joint or something like that? And like, okay, you know, the new pizza joint's a story. Let's, let's run with it. Well, that, I mean, that, well, that is, first of all, that is news in my neighborhood. Yeah, definitely news. Yes. Totally. It's like, it's like the Holmes Arcade. Like, it's like it's a pizza place and an old school arcade. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Holmes, is, <laughs> Holmes has been in Dan a couple of times. And yeah, the other thing that's that's really helped lately is as we've grown, we have a, a lot of readers who will just see things and send story ideas. in. so that helps a lot. Or they'll send random questions of, that kind of become stories. And uh, so, yeah, I, that's that's really been a big help as we've grown. You said you kind of cut out there for a second. What, were you, what was the last thing you said? Oh, that's, it's, it's been a big help as we've grown to have more and more readers sending in more and more ideas. They're all, they're all, hey, hey, hold on, hold on. So anyway, I saw this guy over there. <laughs> Is it like that? Uh, there's been, I mean, back in pre-COVID when we were doing stuff like that in person, there, there were a few times, but mostly it's, mostly it's just like, oh, we, you know, I saw this new thing or I heard I heard this thing or um, actually being, being on a lot of mailing lists helps. It's like if you, if you follow the right hundred people on social media and you get on the right group's mailing lists. Oh yeah, man. It's, I mean, you have to wade through a lot of stuff well, <laughs> you don't want to see, but it's really, it's really funny to say it. So I've had uh, one thing I really hate is when people like who, especially if they're from here and they've lived here their whole life, and they're like, I hate Albuquerque. It's so boring. And I've, I'll tell them, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, well, hang out with me for a little while, and you'll mm -hmm. see not. And like, and it's like you get someone into the right pipeline, and then boom, they know everything that's going on constantly, and they're bombarded. Yeah. They're actually bombarded with it, and they're just like, crap, man. Now I know. Now I know there's too much. You know, there's like, they're like it's too much, and it's such a weird city. Like that, we, I would say. Albuquerque places don't market well. And I, and the reason why I say that is they probably use traditional ways and people from Albuquerque don't receive that very well. Like I remember when the United started, they had this ad campaign that was insane. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I saw my friend and this was like after about six months of it, I was like, I'm really excited for our soccer team. And she's like, <laughs> what soccer team? And like, you haven't seen a New Mexico United ad? And she's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm just like, how in the hell? It's on the radio. It's on. It, it's everywhere. There and are billboards. There is everything. Word of mouth is how I get everything. This is the first right. I heard of it. Right. You know, I I wonder. Like I've I've had those same thoughts myself, Chris. But I'm a part part of me, and this is my sort of internal both sides self doubt ometer that that is handy as a journalist. Uh, it's like, I wonder if it's just always been thus. I mean, yeah. like maybe, maybe in a small, maybe when London had 10,000 people in it and town criers everywhere instead of newspapers, 
yeah. Maybe maybe there was still that one person was who was like, oh, this is the cholera thing, and I won't drink that water. And, and eight months after the the fact, I don't know. I mean, I. They're like, they're like, what's with all these rats all over the place? <laughs> <laughs> well, but like, yeah, it's it, it's interesting. So I I feel like like you know, so you send out your 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 e newspaper like via Mailchimp. So like email, like how like how big is the? I mean, is it is it a huge readership? I mean, do you have any idea? Yeah, I mean, we have 240 subscribers and some change okay. at this okay. point. Uh, we have a free weekly teaser version. I've seen that uh, one. That uh, has another, I don't know, 150 or so. That's um, amazing, yeah. So then when you, I mean, when you take into account, like, people forwarding it to their spouse or their friends or something like that, I mean, it's probably at any given week, four or 500 people who have some kind of, contact with with the direct editorial product plus you know whoever sees the the social media blurb preview kind well, of thing we do and i will say this like man it's 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 crazy because like um you know you sent me a bunch of back issues and it's like a lot of questions i had about mm -hmm. were answered i was like oh wow so if someone lives downtown and i mean we're all about the cheese may right <laughs> oh yeah you guys hear the cheese man? But it's like you you seem to get this stuff. Like, you know, like you kind of know things. Like, uh, and I'm like, man, how do I not know this guy? How do you know? Because like I have people that call it like hit me up. You know, <laughs> do you know what business is going in over in such place? And I'm like, uh, well, I don't know. Let me find out. And then I'll I'll talk to like two or three people and I'll come back and I'll be like, yeah, it's gonna be this. And so you probably have a use like you said people hit you up now and they tell you like hey this is going where but like do you ever get a story where it's not right or like or somebody comes back and they're like yeah that's not correct in terms of like the a, a fact we got wrong or well yeah or like even the story like you now this there's there's no wex going into the sims building or you know oh. what <laughs> no <laughs> no we've never gotten anything like that uh, you know, I mean, once in a while, we'll get a detail wrong, and then we'll just run a little correction. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of the broader story, like, it's it's extremely difficult to get it wrong if you get it from the, the horse's mouth. I mean, like, those are, what you're talking about are things that happen, like, once or twice per career, where oh, somebody, okay. somebody just totally leads you on. Uh, <laughs> But it's, you kind of sniff that out, though, right? You're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, part of part of writing a story is a judgment call of, you know, <laughs> do I trust the words that are coming out of this person's mouth? Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, is is everything everyone has ever been quoted in Dan is saying 100 percent correct? I mean, no. In the, same <laughs> way said the New York Times, because um, people, you know people's sense of their own, of what counts as accurate is rarely shared with, with the journalists who's writing the story. Uh, so, you know, if they're telling a story about, you know, something that happened 20 years ago and you know, he was wearing a, a blue shirt, well, maybe it was a black shirt and, you know, yeah. that's just the way it is. But I just wonder, cause like sometimes people will feed me stuff and I'm like, is that true or not? I don't know if that's true or not. And so, well, I, so then I, so then I, whenever I go to, to ask people questions, I'll be like, have you heard this? Have you heard this is going on? You know? Yeah. 
Yeah. And 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 I'm sure Chris, you've you've had this experience where, you know, you've you've you live downtown. You have a sense. You have a BS meter about downtown. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you run it through that. So. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, yeah. Like, uh, so for that example, so someone did tell me that the uh, Wex was going to move into the Sims building downtown. And uh, my first yeah. thought was, is why would you put a Wex downtown? That seems like. <laughs> a but uh, from what I understand, they, they they did do go into talks, but then it didn't happen. But I did hear that a couple of times. Um. Ooh, they say it's difficult to fool Mr. Rice. Ooh. <laughs> but uh, so I always try to ask around, you know, I talk to different people that I know. So let me ask you this right now. We're, we're coming out of like, we're kind of like seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. We're not out of it. We're not out of the woods yet. Not everybody's vaccinated. But how do you feel? What is your feeling about town town right now? Like the culture, the, 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 the atmosphere, like what, how are you feeling about it? Uh, it's a weird cocktail of optimism and trepidation, <laughs> uh, basically, because so the, the optimistic argument, uh, for, and, and so, so for this, I'd, I'd say, let's talk about the downtown core, right? Yeah, this that's is what I'm talking about. Where, where the big buildings are in other words, yes. so not, not old town. That's kind of a, no, a separate deal, although we cover it quite a bit. Um, so yeah, the optimistic take on the downtown core is that there are a lot of cool people there doing a lot of cool things, uh, and they're putting a lot of money into it mm-hmm. uh, to make it happen. Um, you know, just a couple very recent examples: uh, the uh, the the tattoo entrepreneur uh, uh, Cisneros at uh, Por Vida Tattoo. He's taking over the the Appliance City building at Fourth and Cole. Yeah. Uh, very much expanding his operation, creating some jobs while he's at it. Uh, it's it's going to be a cool new place in what was an abandoned yeah. building. Um, you've got uh, the Flamenco Works, which is one of several examples I could name of arts organizations kind of doing more in the downtown core than they have before. Uh, so they were gifted a building. Yeah, uh, right. from the guy, the guy that did Etsy, right? Yeah, by uh, the Darbell family. Um, so they're going to be moving into to Central. And then right across from that is, of course, the most high-profile example we've had in the last year, the 505 Central Food Hall, yeah. which, you know, the Central between 1st and 8th had maybe 10 restaurants, uh, give or take. Uh, and just the 505 Central Food Hall has five. So we've got... Yeah, you know, we've got a lot of people, a lot of cool people making cool investments in art and food and and stuff like that downtown. So that's the optimistic take mm-hmm. on that. Uh, the pessimism comes when you think about the possible answers to the questions: Will the commuter class come back? Will the tourists come back? Um, and yeah. what is the the future state of yeah. housing and homelessness in Albuquerque? Uh, well, so. Um, I guess what I'm really, so, okay. So you're telling me that like, we haven't, you know, the food hall, which, which the food hall, I feel like was a very big need because when you live downtown after, uh, two or 3 PM, there's a lot, a lot less options to eat because you have a lot of these places that are only open for lunch and they close down. So that's one thing, but like downtown definitely had an identity pre COVID and a lot of things have come in during COVID that are, that are. I would say counter to that 
identity maybe oh, really? I say would more about that. So I would say Smiley and Holly and I we're more of the nighttime culture of downtown. Yes. More of the the music yeah. scene, more of the and you have this like like you know, we're not going down there, you know, before eight o'clock. I mean, and eight o'clock is really pushing it early. <laughs> and uh, we're hungry or want to see a movie before we go out. Right, right. right. Or if I have to set up for my open mic, I might be there at eight. Right. <laughs> and so you're seeing a lot more of like, you know, younger people, tourists, and um, I don't know, people that aren't from the area that have kind of come down into like with what you call what used to be more of like a, um. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 what I'm really saying is, I don't know what's going to happen when it comes back. I don't know if that night cult, what that night culture is going to be like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, no, you're right. I mean, that was a very big part, if not the biggest part of mm-hmm. of downtown's identity. Uh, I mean, I correct me if you, or you know, tell me if you disagree. But it seems like there we could build on that, right? Uh, and I've, I've heard this from a lot of people in the downtown core. It's like, yeah, I mean, we've got, we've got it covered after 8 PM right? or after 7 PM. Uh, and, you know, to some extent we've got it covered during the lunch hour because at least pre COVID we right. had a bunch of commuters who would stream out of their offices and, and go and buy lunches at restaurants that then, you know, those of us who live in the surrounding neighborhoods could also, uh, could also avail ourselves of, even though, you know, the, the, just the population in the surrounding neighborhoods isn't enough to support all those restaurants. You got to have those big buildings with sure uh, with yeah. the offices. Uh, so the the complaint I often heard was that we're good at we're good at lunch and we're good at very much after dinner, but we're not good at like after work and dinner. No. Yeah. And if we can get you know if, if we can get the right kind of cadre of businesses mm-hmm. to kind of serve that need. I mean, we've got the people in the buildings anyway. There's nothing stopping them from, you know, before they go home to the West Side or home to the Heights, they could they could stick around and go to a place like 505 uh, and and kind of bring more of of the downtown core to life that way um, without necessarily changing its identity, more like building yeah. that. But I don't know. It's, it's you you really think it's going to build on So So what I'm guess I'm getting at is like, I feel like downtown's very punk rock. And I feel like a lot of us like that, you know, we like that, that punk rock. We like that edge. We like that. This is like our community and we feel like some places will bring people down that are different and they'll change it. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying I'm wrong, but like there, and there's also probably going to be a clash of those people, you know? (laughs) I mean, to some extent, I mean, we could certainly think of districts, around around the west or around the us that that do a decent job of a, a thriving you know morning cafe scene and then a thriving lunch scene and then a thriving oh, night scene right i'm not even talking about like the food and stuff i'm just talking about like you get these people that come down and they they're like oh this is like the, we're going to turn this into like a gentrified like um you know 8 dollar a beer you know latte <laughs> environment and in in you know the people who've been here you know the pbr drinking like punk rock crowd <laughs> isn't gonna like that <laughs> you know but they're all like yeah. hunkered down in covid and i mean how you know do, do you think that that is a, is going to be an issue at any point or is the world going to open back up and a lot of these people are going to kind of go back 
to their different areas because they can actually go to these, you know, they're not going to come down for the art walk anymore. They're going to go to Top Golf or, you know, whatever area town they have their their place in. You know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I, I, my first thought is that this has probably been an mm -hmm. issue in cities for as long as there have been cities. Of course. Yeah. I mean, we've got, you know, we like two of the four of us at least are sitting in a neighborhood that was primarily for uh, mm -hmm. people who worked at uh, on, on steam engines uh, and their families. Uh, mm -hmm. And that was really not, that was less yeah. than a hundred years ago. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's a constant, you know, push <laughs> and pull and, yeah. And, and so, but yeah, I mean, I could certainly see conflicts, you know, if you've got kind of a $8 beer flamenco watching set clashing <laughs> on the same street with the people who just want to party down at effects or, or cake or something like that. Uh, or or El Rey or or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, eh, not so much the cake. You've read this incorrectly, but yeah. <laughs> Chris, okay. Chris, yeah. I've I've never I've never seen a conflict of interest of that because I, I worked at the Hyatt for six years and yeah. seriously, you like you go from like really really nice like concierge service one block away to like you know people falling out the door at Anodyne. Yeah, yeah. There's, not, there's no reason we can't have them both. I've never there. seen anyone there drunk at Anaheim before. <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> Anaheim, I know. What? Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, and I'm, I'm just kind of trying to stir up, like, because I'm not trying to stir up trouble. I'm just trying to say, hey, like, these are these are the things I'm seeing, you know, going on right now. And, like, <laughs> is it good? Is it bad? I mean, who knows? I mean, who knows what it is? Well, you know? I think so, it's all going to shake out, to be honest. Right. I mean, let's be real. Those people are not going to come drink a PBR with us at the launch pad. You're damn straight they aren't. I'm just <laughs> I'm just and if they do, they'll be traumatized. They'll be like, so my mom is one of those people that yeah. works in the social security building. Yeah. And I invited her to the launch pad one time and she said, absolutely not. So. <laughs> well, yeah. So there's, and, and, and that's kind of getting towards the disadvantage. Like downtown had, you know, like pre-COVID, it had this culture about it, and that was great. Uh, but it was also kind of small. Yeah, uh, like those, those buildings are still there before eight PM at night, and you know, a lot of people would like to see more people there all the time, particularly as it relates to just like having more more eyes on the street, as the lingo goes, and that reduces crime. That uh, that tends to create more jobs. You know, there there there's there's a space there potentially for a lot of economic vitality uh, and a lot of jobs that could, could be there if, if this grand sharing thing can be pulled off. Well, I saw, I saw a thing recently and I think you posted it. And I think, I think, I don't know if the news got your story or someone else, but the city recently said that there's like three different locations that they're looking at for the United uh, yes. Park. Yeah. Of the I, uh, I, I broke that. Yes, that you was fun. That. And then it was on the. I saw it on like one of the other sites too. Yeah. So they. So, they somebody so. at the TV stations gets downtown Albuquerque news. Yeah. But. So, question. <laughs> so I know that the rail yards is one of them. What are the other two locations? Uh, they they haven't said. Um, what we do know is that in in past years they have pondered using the. Um, it's a 
it's kind of an empty lot just southwest of the intersection of I-40 and 12th in the mm. Sawmill neighborhood. Okay. Uh, so that's that's an area they've looked at. Obviously, you need a, you need a fair amount of vacant yeah. land to to pull off a soccer stadium. They yeah. have also looked in the past at the northwest corner of Lomas and Broadway. Um, yeah, which, but they can't. Oh, yeah. yeah, which seems untenable at this point, uh, given given the um, the pump station they're putting in there. But right. uh, who knows? Architects are a creative bunch, and if they can fit something at the rail yards. Well, Which, by the way, is a change. Like, like I spent the last year thinking that the rail yards wasn't going to happen because literally the owner of New Mexico United told me, I don't think we can fit it here. Wow. Uh, but different, different architects, I guess, have different opinions. And the city, the city's latest thinking is that, yes, in fact, they can fit it there, although it's going to be trickier than than, you know, your average vacant lot, as you might imagine. Well, let's go back to the Lomas one again. And I, I kind of jumped on and said they can't, and I'm actually wrong on that. So you have the um, the main post office there. Yes. And that's moving to out to Rio Bravo. And oh. that post office, like you just think of it on that corner, but it actually goes back for quite a ways behind that Burger King. So if you actually if they bought that post office, tore it down, tore all the yard down. That's all there where they have all their trucks and all that stuff. You could put, you could put it there easily. Yeah. I mean the, the beauty, well, the, the agony and the ecstasy of the point we're at with, with a thing like the stadium is, is that you can imagine anything. Well, the, 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 imagining anything you can imagine the tens of millions of dollars it might take to, you know, mm-hmm. drive off the post office or, mm-hmm. uh, Hell, I mean, there's plenty of land south of the, the rail yards too. It's and it's very much empty. And if yeah. if you showed Burlington Northern and Santa Fe the right amount of money, they'd probably give it to you. Well, uh, I, so. I guess the real point is when I first moved here, they brought up an idea of a of a stadium downtown, and people shot it down like it was yeah. um, a quail flying out of the bushes. Man, they were like pa 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 pa, and then now it's like. <laughs> And now we're like, well, what three locations are we going to put out? Like, we're actually like gone past, like, we're not doing this at all. Are you just out of your mind to now we're like, well, where, where are we going to put it at? You know? So that's, I guess, <laughs> positive. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's a, there's a couple of factors there. I mean, when we've, uh, Mayor Keller is a very different mayor than, than Barry or, or yeah. Chavez. Um, and, and New Mexico United is a very different team than, than, <laughs> you know, soccer teams we've had before or other potential things we could use for that. Like I remember back at the Tribune covering Marty's efforts to, to put up a, some kind of an arena. And, you know, one of, one of the reasons he gave was like, I'm tired of the Rolling Stones just going to El Paso and not to Albuquerque. Yeah. We need a a venue, you know, that we can host them in. But that's Uh, not a very, that's not going to change. Marty thing to say. But that's also not going to change that. Cause like, when they go to charge for tickets, everyone's going to go, Allah, $75. No way. And they're going to buy the one up in the, in the bleachers for 20 And none of the $75 ones. So I know this, and I'm, I'm making that joke, but it's not a joke. So when the Prophets of Rage, uh, mm-hmm. they were going to play out at Isleta. I know this for a fact. When they were going to play out at the Isleta Pavilion, everyone bought grass seats. No mm-hmm. one bought the they couldn't sell the seats near the stage so they basically went you know what never mind we're going to el paso 
Well, I mean, I can't even get people to pay $5 to come see me perform. These are people I love that are like, oh, I've never seen you do comedy. I want to come out. And then they go, oh, well, but they're going to charge for beer. Can you get me on the list? (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, no, I can't get you on the list. And yes, they're going to charge for beer. It's $5. Right. Right. (laughs) I feel bad for cutting you off. Sorry, Peter. We we kind of. No, no. I mean, that's. that's... Uh, it's entirely possible. I mean, we're not exactly a high income state here. No, no, uh, no. But so yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, I'm sure Holly, Holly asked some, you can ask something. I know you're like fuming to ask something to Peter. Well, I mean, you've asked everything I wanted to ask. Damn it, Chris. You're doing a great job. Girl. Go Chris. Go, so, yeah, Chris. Here we go. Stu says people balk. At a cover that's less than the price of one shit craft beer. Yeah, they <laughs> uh, do. So here's one thing that, like, this has nothing to do with the downtown <laughs> or or anything whatsoever. So Smiley and I went to Almogordo this weekend, and we were really talking about like how this year, like, the governor of New Mexico is like playing cards, like she is not running for re-election. She is like, I don't give a crap. We're mm-hmm. back. Laws and some laws are getting passed. Like we have alcohol delivery, we have the change of the liquor licenses, we have um, medicinal marijuana legalization, we have qualified what is it called? Qualified immunity. immunity, Boom. Then the the abortion thing, um, and then what what was the no longer illegal? It's no no longer illegal illegal to to uh, perform an abortion. Right, which was was an old law that we still had. Yeah, and, well, and what was the other one? There was another one that she did. I just saw. Too. Um, did you say six? Right? What's that? There's a right to life. Yeah, right to life. Like you can, you can, uh, if you, you can have a doctor kill you now. Yes, you yeah. can have oh, a doctor yeah. kill you, which is great. I think. <laughs> Forty-seven terminally ill patients can yeah. uh, of sound mind can ask their doctor to aid in their death. That's okay. awesome. And it's like. It's like 2021. She's just like, you know what? I don't care. Like, I mean, does anybody? Uh, I don't. I don't think that's. I think. I think she would have done that before, yeah. if not for the. Yeah. There were some very key legislative elections last yeah. year. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. There was. I mean. Oh yeah. But like she made that possible. I, I, I'm personally I, very excited about the being able to get a doctor to kill you, and I know that sounds terrible. You know. <laughs> I'm excited. I've survived cancer three times, meaning I've I've been in, you know, um, I've been in, yes, Sue, uh, I've been in many situations and many rooms with cancer patients who are struggling and they just, they, you know, they want dignity and whatever. Um, and they've, you know, they would have to travel to like Portland or do it in a way that was dangerous or they'd have to go to a suicide booth uh as Sue was talking about or according to that article you just go out on the streets of albuquerque it's more dangerous than Juarez. they'll just shoot i mean you sure immediately. You know. just pow <laughs> <laughs> um, so i'm excited for that law. it's a weird I, law to be excited about but i you, am you you, I, you follow it pretty closely do you know how how many states are we up to? Because I mean, I remember in living in Oregon, I think they were the first, and then yeah, Washington. 
I think we have, I think we're up to like, I want to say three or four. Oh, really? That few? But I don't think it's a lot. It's a really hard thing to talk about if you don't know why people would want to have a doctor kill them. And I, I think I, that's why it's a hard law to pass. I know yeah. the qualified immunity, we're like one of three states. That has yes. That. Yeah. I'm very proud of that as well. Yeah. But I... I <laughs> I got to be honest with you, man. I'm I'm 46 years old. I never thought in my lifetime I would see the alcohol laws change. Never. <laughs> never. It's that, true. They, they were like that before I was born. They're gonna be like I was like it was yeah. always be like that. Like if anything, they would get tighter. Like just wow. <laughs> like I'm I'm just like still like to this day. Like and everybody's like freaking out about the alcohol delivery. Like I can't believe that. And I'm like no 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 no. That's nothing <laughs> compared to like the. The small business liquor license. Right. Yeah, the Sunday law is going away. The Sunday law is going away. <laughs> yeah. Insane. It's like well, we're see, coming I'm, in. I'm from Curry County where, where we didn't have, you can't, in Curry County and Roosevelt County, you still can't buy packaged liquor on Sunday. Oh. Yeah. And you could go in a bar now, but not when I live there. You know, <laughs> life on Sundays where you just didn't, you just couldn't go to a bar. It's like, uh oh. So I don't know. So let me ask you this to, to finish up the hour before we go into break. What do you see as the future of downtown being somebody that's like in the know? Like, what is the future of downtown? Uh, I, I think, sorry to kind of defer back to the those those unanswerable questions, but the fundamental business of downtown is getting people from elsewhere to come here to do things. Yeah. Uh, and that is that, you know, conventional tourists who fly in for a weekend getaway. That is uh, commuters who come in and rent offices and go to go out to lunch. Uh, that is conventioneers. Uh, basically, our entire economy is dependent on on luring people in from out of town to or other parts of of town and showing them a good time. So what's, you know, what's potentially, you know, what, what axes are in the ceiling that may dislodge and drop? Uh, one could be the fundamental nature of commuting changes. And we just get a lot fewer commuters here uh, to the point where we're just kind of another neighborhood in Albuquerque and, and not one that tens of thousands of people converge on on a daily basis. Uh, the tourism economy, uh, I mean, there's there's an optimistic case for the tourism economy that's like, ah, we got all this pent up demand. We're going to you know, come back better and bigger than ever. And it's going to be great. Um, but, it, you know, what if it only comes back at 80 percent of capacity or 70 percent of capacity? Um, and what about conventions? Right. I mean, it's one thing to to you know get Ma and Pa and go for a fun weekend getaway. But a lot of what fills those hotels and restaurants in downtown are convention, convention center. Yeah. Um, and what, yeah. you know, so what is, what is the post COVID future of conventions? What's the post COVID future of, of tourism in general? Uh, and then this may be the biggest issue, honestly, kind of, we'll see how it plays out, but like, what's, what does Albuquerque's housing situation look like in the next while? I mean, we're seeing, yeah all these crazy anecdotes of, you know, houses selling for way more than they used to a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah. Rents are going up. It's, uh, and, and every time you hear that story, 
we should all be thinking about homelessness because that is the that is the main indicator of a homelessness crisis is the overall price of housing. Well, or or you have your people who've grown up here and lived here their whole lives, and then they have to move away because they can't afford it. Yeah, right. I mean, that's that's there's there's a lot of consequences to having housing broadly go up in price. Uh, one is a it, it is essentially a massive tax increase on everyone who can afford a house. Right. Uh, but then it is it you know. Not everyone, most people can make it work and stay in a house or some kind of roof over their head, even if the price goes up dramatically. And we've seen that in places like California and the Pacific Northwest, but there's always a certain percentage that won't be able to figure it out. And downtown Albuquerque tends to bear the brunt yeah. of that. Yeah. Uh, and you know that is no way to run a, a tourism economy is to have an exploding homelessness crisis. So if, if that is our... If that is the downtown core's future, is dealing with a homelessness crisis that's that's you know twice as bad as it is today, and it's already pretty bad. Yeah. Then then we're going to be up a creek here. Totally. So tell people where they can find like how they can subscribe to Downtown Albuquerque News. How does someone get issues of the of the e like paper? Uh, just go to downtownalbuquerquenews.com and there's a little subscribe button. Uh, so we have the the daily uh, full edition, uh, and then uh, we have kind of a weekly teaser edition where you get some of the headlines uh, if if you want to kind of try it before you buy it. Some people like that option, but there's a there's also a two week free trial on the on the paid edition. So yeah, downtownalbuquerquenews.com got a bunch of like random free sample issues on there anyway. So yeah, you'll know what you're getting into. Okay. Um... So, Holly Ann, what do you have to, to promote? Well, I personally don't have anything to promote yet, but things are going to start coming back. Um, but I did want to mention my partner in crime, Mr. Royal Wood, uh, started his new open mic tonight at Where's Raw that? and Sauce. Where? Raw what? and Sauce. Oh, okay. Is that, wait, is that back again? I thought it was posh or something now. Formerly of downtown, they moved. Yeah, they moved. They're not. They're not downtown. Anyway, so um, it's limited. It's a limited sign up. It's a small crowd. Um, I think he's doing it the right way. Um, so if you do go, please wear your mask. Please don't drive royal crazy. <laughs> and please, don't, please say don't drink and drive. Yeah, don't drink and drive. Don't say racist slash misogynistic shit. Uh, um, I'm I'm sad that you have to say that, but yeah. So oh, it happens. Every pretty good rules for life in general. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As always, you kids, think... don't say racist and misogynistic stuff. Yeah. Anyway, you guys go out to recess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is really sad. I mean, Royal had to put that on his like posts about it this week. Yeah. Um, and I said the same thing. Why do we have to tell adults not to be assholes? But Precise. here we are. This is life. And then I will tease for a second hour something pretty big happened in my life, and I will talk about it when we come back. Yay. Smiley, Yay. Smiley what do you got going on? I know you've got a couple uh, going on. Uh, I got my usual stuff. Uh, you can see me on uh, The Brave or Midnight Texas on NBC or Hulu. Uh, I'm on the first season of Deputy on Fox, and uh, you can see me on uh, Daybreak on Netflix. Okay. Uh, coming up next month, uh, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Find me in there somewhere if I if I didn't get cut out. 
we got to figure out like who the, so smiley's a background principal extra for movies and tv shows and uh he he pops up and like <laughs> like in scenes and you're like oh wow there's smiley he was in <laughs> the avengers you know like just different things so if somebody finds smiley and does a screenshot of him and sends it to us we will we will give you something cool so but but you yeah. we talked about Call another the dead. what's the other thing Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I just saw the. Uh, I doubt you'll fe- see me in that one. But, okay. Uh, I, I didn't. didn't I didn't work. Maybe, maybe. Um, oh, I don't remember. It's got a weird name. I don't remember the name of it. It's like uh, something. Something like here. I'll pull it up. It's an Angelina Jolie movie. Yeah, Angelina Jolie and uh, John Bernthal. Yeah. It's based on a book. And, and you play a park a, ranger. You play a park ranger. Yeah. And did you get to meet Angelina Jolie? I did, actually. Uh, it's called "Those Who Wish Me Dead." Oh, yeah, that's the one. yeah. So he might be popping up in that as well. So as always, send us a screenshot of Smiley, and we might send you something cool. Uh, and for me, as always, um, I do this show, but I also do another show called uh, "What's Up ABQ" with uh, Ryan P. Freeman, and they actually got to interview Peter before I was actually the co-host on the show. Um, and so that's why I was like, I want to interview Peter now. It's my turn. When is it going to be my turn? <laughs> um, we're also member, all members of the Brawls Podcasters Guild. If you would like to start a podcast and you just don't know how, uh, contact the Brawls Podcasters Guild. That's BrawlsPodcastersGuild.com, I believe. And we can help you do that. We can teach you how to do it. And the cool thing is if you're a member, like we get advertisers and you can actually have advertisers on your show and get a share of the profits. Right now, we are up to three major advertisers. Um, We've had two of them come back and a third major one come in. So, hey, it's well worth it if you want to try to start a podcast and you don't want to start at the the bottom rung, come and join the Rails Podcasters Guild. and then for this show, we're live on Sunday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. You can watch us on tendrinkminimum.com. We have a YouTube channel. We have facebook.com forward slash tendrink. And then, as always, we have tendrink at tendrink on Instagram. Um, so let's come back at 7.05 from the break, everybody. So we're going to take a break. We'll be back. And we're going to go into the wavy hour, wavy slash billy hour. And we're going to. We're going to have some fun talking to Peter Rice from downtown Albuquerque News. Um, James and I are both drinking. I don't know. Peter, are you drinking beer? Or is it, what, are you, what are you drinking there? Uh, I uh, I was drinking earlier. Oh, okay. I'm kind of on the other side of that mountain. So James and I drink and Peter day drinks, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and you should as well. But always remember, never get too drunk to jerk. Tendrinkminimum.com. All right. See you guys about 7.05. Hey, this is Chris from uh, 10 Drink Minimum. Um, you know, I'm getting up there in age and, uh, you know, sometimes you, you, you don't feel so good. So you got to go to the doctor. And sometimes when you're at the doctor, you got to get they got to send out for lab tests. And, uh, 
you know, I was thinking, hey, Next you know, bike, what if I didn't have to go to the doctor in, like, and I could just get the go. lab tests? And, and that's why I wanted to talk to you today tries, about it, Southwest it, it, Labs. Ooh. Uh, Southwest Labs is located oh in Albuquerque, God, New Mexico. Um, and they actually can... make the, the lab testing simple. You can skip the hassle, make an appointment with, with your doctor or without your doctor. They offer a huge variety of tests, including uh, STD, prostate screenings, diabetes, COVID-19 testing, which is, you know, a big deal right now. Um, just, you know, uh, choose your test, get tested, get the results, and uh, you can get an, a doctor's interpretation virtually as well. Uh, Southwest Labs is located in Albuquerque and Las Cruces. Uh, you can call them at 505-609-LABS, or you can visit southwestlabs.com, or you can find them on social media uh, at Southwest Labs. So if you want to get lab testing done and you may not want to see a doctor or you want to see one virtually, Southwest Labs. Hello, hello. My name is Deej, and I'm the host of Fairy Tales, Fables, and Fails, your one-stop shop for delightful rundowns of your favorite fairy tale classics, and many you've never heard of before. So if you want your favorite childhood movies ruined for you in the most amusing way possible, come give a lesson. Oh, we're back from for the wavy slash billy hour, I should say. Um, let's see. Let me bring everybody back in here. It looks like Smiley is still on the toilet. <laughs> uh, welcome back, everyone. We have uh, with us Peter Rice from Downtown Albuquerque News. Welcome back, everyone. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Yay, Peter Day drinks is what they said. <laughs> uh, and I said that the last hour, and I don't know if you really do that. I don't know. I should. Well, I do today on Sunday, but I've, uh, in order to bring some festivity to the wavy hour, I am now drinking a LaCroix. So nice. Oh, I'm drinking uh, root beer. So, that's not, Peter, right. that, that's not the carbonation. He was like, I'm drinking a LaCroix, and I'm like, that's not kombucha. <laughs> maybe i don't know i'm just kidding well it's funny because like i i i'm like i was like i'm drinking some beers but i'm gonna have a topo chico as well so i'm gonna pop a toco topo and use my little new mexico bottle opener there good choice topo chico i don't have any topo chico seltzers left damn it oh dang Does i live anyone? vicariously through you christopher what's that what did you say? Does anyone have those? I know, but what Holly Ann say? I'm sorry. Oh, I said I am living vicariously through you, Christopher. So you have to have the things that I would like. Okay, you have PBR. That's fine. Yeah, Holly Ann, I'm really, I'm really glad. I'm really glad, and I want to say this to bottom of my heart. I'm thank you for not being a bad mom. <laughs> thank you for not drinking while you're pregnant. Thank you. You're welcome, Chris. <laughs> so, do you want? Do you want to? Do you want to do your news now? Sure. I mean, I can. So you might notice that I'm wearing no makeup. My hair is a mess. Uh, we went for a hike today okay. because Hamster was insistent on going on a very reminiscent hike today. Uh-oh. I couldn't uh -oh. figure out uh -oh. why. Uh-oh. He proposed. <sighs> oh, congratulations. You know, uh, but he was, it was funny because he was so damn nervous. And um, I guess he's had the ring for months and has been terrified to ask. I don't, 
I'm like, well, I had a baby with you on purpose. I'm pretty sure I wasn't going to say no. <laughs> you know, it would have been awesome if you're like, well, I don't know about that. I'm keeping my <laughs> options open right now. <laughs> We got a lot of we got a lot of movie stars coming into town. <laughs> it's a nerve wracking thing. I know. Oh, thanks, Debbie. Um, yes, it is. It, I guess it would be nerve wracking. I've never proposed to someone. So, um, also, you- Christopher's sister sent me the sweetest baby gift. I got it yesterday. Oh. So, thank you, Stephanie. I'll say that again. Uh, you cut out a little bit. Oh, dang it. Um, I said your sister Stephanie sent mm-hmm. me the sweetest baby gift yesterday. Oh, really? So thank you, Stephanie. Really? Yeah. Like mailed you one? She did. Oh dang! Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, congratulations! Dang, look at this just piling in. Well, I guess pretty much anything we do for the next rest of the hour ain't gonna be worth a shit. Now it ain't gonna add up to that. Okay, congratulations! Sorry, guys. I I think Hamster is a great guy. First of all. That's not his real name. Either. We call him Ham- that's Holly Ann's nickname for him, Hamster, and yeah. and she uses it on the show that way. Like people don't see him in the street and go, "Hey, your name guy," you know. <laughs> I don't know. It just kind of stuck. I mean, we can say his real his real name is Jason. If you follow me on Instagram, yeah, you see him all the time. It's not like I'm you know Angelina Jolie and have to keep things secret. It's just I think it's funny that I call yeah. him a rodent. So. <laughs> I was like, what do you call him hamster? I was like, she said he used to come home and smell like it. I don't know. <laughs> well, so- it was the, the first time we ever slept together. He got up the next morning to go to work as a brewer and he used mouthwash and he smelled like hamster shavings. <laughs> <laughs> a very no. endearing nickname. Nasty. Uh, <laughs> all right. So so we're in the wavy hour. No one's watching this. No one's watching this. So Pete, here's what I was trying to say earlier. Like all these people are flooding in from like you know, you said like you hear the stories of people throwing money at like houses, like without even like looking at them. And you hear those stories, and that that makes me cringe in my heart. And it's like I don't want <laughs> these people flooding in. Like like if you know people from Albuquerque come downtown, I don't care. But like when you have these people flooding in from other states just to come in and like turn it into California, it just really I have a struggle. Well, I think that's what happened in Las Vegas, Nevada, with the housing bubble or whatever. Mm. People were going and paying way more money than they should have for houses, and it kind of ruins the market. So there's there's things that well, happen. So you have you have like Oakland, California. You had the tech bubble that blew up there, and like people moved in. And like, if you watch, like, say you go watch the, the the TV show on Netflix called Last Chance You, the last season of Last Chance You for for, for football, they uh, they did a, a college in Oakland. Well, none of those players, and none of those teachers, and none of those coaches can live where they work. It's so expensive. That's but, insane. Here, here's what I'd say about that. It's the, the 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 most pernicious side effect of a lot of people moving to another area is typically uh, thought to be what what you're talking about. Drives up the real estate prices, makes it really hard for people to <clears throat> who grew up there to live there. Yeah. Um, but it's not. I mean, it's 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 not. It doesn't have to be that way necessarily. I know we could we could cut them. We could shoot at them. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, well, come on, Chris. Heard. You know, 
you know how Albuquerque people are. We can flip the car seen over. Us, you've seen us like stand in line to go into Anodyne as there's like a corporate bar right next to us, completely empty. Yeah. We're all not I'm going, not going in there. Fuck you. And I'll, I'll, I'll wait for one of these local bars. But that's what I'm talking about. So like what he's saying, Peter, is like at one point there was like a bar where Posh is and it was like a Irish bar, but it was like a franchise. Yeah. And yeah. it lasted like three months. And I literally remember standing in line outside to get into Anodyne and looking in the door of that place because it was open and there was one table taken. And like yeah. we're all like in line. We're, we're standing in line and we could have just I could have literally just walked into that place and drank. But I'm like, it was a beautiful all wooden bar. Like it looked yeah. great, wonderful lighting. I was all, like, not well, gonna do it. In there. Not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I like, but I like that. I like that we're like, we don't want this franchise shit down here. Get it out of here. <laughs> we want mom and pop. We want, you know, local people. And I mean, I know that's selfish. Now it's terrible. And I know that's probably like never gonna stay. But I don't know. It's yeah. been like that the whole time I've lived here. Yeah. It's it's very difficult to keep it that way and yeah. basically impossible. And like, no, you know, people people have a right to move and buy property and they they get old <laughs> and die. And so it's like if we're really getting down to brass tacks, like just those things alone will cause a certain amount of, you know, culture change and, mm-hmm. and, and demographic churn like that. So you're going to have you're going to have problems like that. And it, I, I think my point would be that the if if we see a situation where um, where housing prices get wildly out of control, that is because government policy let them do that. Absolutely, um, you, you didn't do anything. Like it happened in Portland. Yeah, like, like there's no there's no reason that Portland has to have the prices it has. No, I mean I've, obviously there's a supply and demand thing going on. There's a lot of demand. They're just government policy made it so the supply wasn't there to meet that demand. And well, if we do that here, then we should do it with our eyes open. But there's also other problems, too, where you have like I had a friend that was living in, in Portland when you had the flood of people from San Francisco and, and, and Oakland start going up into Portland. And her landlord was basically like, oh, hey, by the way, you have 30 days to move out. And she's like, what? And then he's like, this is notice. And he's like, if you want to stay here, you can sign a new lease, but it will be double the price of rent. That's insane. And so, and I, and I feel like our government should do something about that. That shouldn't be allowed. I, yeah, I mean, and, and, and you're not alone and, and, but the the government could do a lot of different things to tackle that in different ways. I mean, it, it could, it could specifically outlaw that practice you're talking about, or it could just increase the supply of housing to the point where stuff like that is incredibly uncommon. Yeah. That's tough to do though. It's really tough because you have that balance of like you're increasing, you know, you're, you're building apartments or you're building whatever and you don't have the people like you don't have the, you don't have the people coming in and then all of a sudden you have a bunch coming in. So it's like, the, it's a, it's a delicate balance because it takes a while to develop a property. It takes yeah, a while. One, one reason it takes a while is government policy. I mean, sure. it, it, no, oh, no, that's true. It could, they could, you know, there are, there are examples, not particularly in the United States that I've seen, but there are cities in the world that are, that are, that grow like weeds and yet houses are kind of affordable. Singapore yeah. is supposedly one of them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you want, 
You know, if, if you want to make sure that you have the dynamism that comes when you have a good stock of places to live that are reasonably affordable for, you know, younger creative people who, you know, want to stay in the town they grew up in or want to move to your town and, and do some cool things. Um, that's, that is fully within our power. Sure. Uh, as a Absolutely. Society. Cause you that's can do that. I mean, I, I actually worked for a company that had, uh, um, subsidized housing. And when people, you say the word subs, you say the phrase subsidized housing, everybody like cringes like, or poor people are going to move into my, <laughs> it's not, it's not always that there was actually, there's actually a sawmill, uh, sawmill lofts over in the sawmill area. And it was subsidized for, art, for artists. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so like, if you're an artist, then they can subsidize your rent. And that's like, it, it's not always just like, you know, you have to be like a, a farmer or, uh, you know, um, poor, you know, it, it's not always that there are different things, you know, I know. I mean, because there's section eight housing for you know people yeah. who are, poor. there's farm credit housing for people who are. Absolutely. And I think those things are important too. You right. know? I mean, there's, the, the housing market is just totally fascinated by, and this is, uh, Starting downtown Albuquerque news, I had no idea that housing would become like issue number one right. because of its impact on homelessness. It kind of is, uh, particularly as it relates to all these questions of gentrification and, and mm -hmm. fast changing historic neighborhoods in the downtown mm -hmm. area. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, there's there's a like we're talking about you know subsidized housing or you know low income housing or something like that, permanent supportive housing for chronically homeless people. But yeah. then there's just like, there's luxury housing. Like if you build mm -hmm. 10 units of luxury houses, well, obviously none of the homeless people are going to move into them. No, of course but not. There's, there's, a, there's a, a distinct possibility that somebody who is paying, you know, seven or 800 bucks a month for that apartment will mm -hmm. move into that, free up the other unit. Mm -hmm. And in a, in a weird way, luxury housing can actually contribute to making mm -hmm. housing more affordable. It's just... Well, Aggregate supply and aggregate demand, and somehow right. sometimes there's really weird relationships with how these things interact. I wish I wish I understood it a little more because in my neighborhood, like I live in the university neighborhood, there's like three empty new apartment buildings that went up. They're empty. Mm -hmm. They've been really? empty. One of them has been empty for like a year. There's like one person yeah. that lives in it. Well, somebody did, like somebody did shoot a bullet through your wall, Smiley. <laughs> I mean, it's not the best neighborhood, but... <laughs> well, I'm wondering okay. if also COVID might be playing into that because all the college students are doing, you know, at-home learning. So maybe, you know, typically the is, college students would live in those apartments. That is typically what they would, yeah. But now anyone can. They're pretty, they're they're priced for college students, so... Right. So they're, they're open. It's not like they, <laughs> they didn't get their certificate of occupancy permit or something, or... They're open. They're like looking for people to move in. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with this. The, the, the Michael, Michael Sarris says, drop the crime, bring the jobs, and the people come. No, the people are coming whether there's crime or not. That don't matter. Like they're coming. Uh, there's people moving into Albuquerque. Pretty like I, I have friends that are realtors, and they're like, yeah, people are moving in. And like they're like, I showed ten houses. Nine were from people out of state. Flew in just to see the house. They're coming. I I have a friend that's a realtor and said for the first time in her career. She's not worried about not having <laughs> enough clients. She's worried about closing on a house because the listings are going so quick from people moving into town. Yeah. Mm. It's not, it's not the crime. Crime's not the, gonna, <laughs> the people are moving in. 
They're coming. And, well, and, 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 you know. But cr- lowering the crime would probably help. I mean, I mean sure. Let's lower sure. the crime. We would all enjoy that. But mm, also. Yeah, yeah. What kind of crime are we talking Which crime are we talking about? <laughs> well, you know, you know, Chris, I like some I mean, crime. You know, car fires light up the light up the neighborhood just as a, <laughs> yeah. I can't yeah, do without missing. bullets coming in through my front door. I mean that yeah. so yeah. Smiley was sleeping in someone, someone shot through his I house. Could, yeah. Yeah. Just just so you know. Uh I have so here's the thing that's kind of funny to me. I grew up as a real big fan of uh, George Carlin. Mm. And uh he always talks about NIMBY, not in my backyard. Yeah, and I hadn't thought about that in a long time, and then all of a sudden, this article came out about the Gateway Center that they're building, that they the city procured from Presbyterian over on Gibson, and now you have the neighborhood that's like, not in my backyard. How dare you? You know, <laughs> you know and and it's and then like Cervantes is like, we're gonna move. If you build this, we're gonna move. And then, have you seen all that? I have. And, and it's like, here here's the problem. If you don't put it there, where do you put it? Right. You'd have to build a whole new facility. When they're moving into the old Presbyterian, like yeah. it already has what they need there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. So- I mean, it, it's one of those things that's like hard because, like, I don't live in that neighborhood. I don't. I, <laughs> I, I. I can't walk in their shoes for that. Like, if they were like, "Hey, we're going to take Tingley Park and we're going to we're going to turn it into a homeless uh, building," I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel about that. I mean, it. You know. I mean that that is somewhat what the Wells Park neighborhood went through. I mean they their marquee park was on the on the block as a possible location for a a major gateway center, mm-hmm. uh, and that's I'll tell you what they didn't they didn't like it one bit for the most no. part. I mean you know no neighborhood is a monolith, but it was it was yeah. not terribly popular. I mean, what do you do? Just like build a place out outside of town and then bus everyone, bus all the homeless out there? I mean. Well, that's literally know. what they do now. I mean, they have yeah. a major shelter uh, on the west side by the volcanoes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well, the and, they, and then they built that what that one that's the the little the little tiny houses. Yeah, on on Zuni. And uh, it's and it, the, the cost was like first of all, I, I love the idea. I love the idea on paper, but one hundred and forty thousand dollars a house that has no bathroom <laughs> is like. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah. Like that. They don't have bathrooms? No. So how it's built is is you have all these tiny homes around like one big like center. And the center okay. it has the bathrooms and the showers. Oh, I see. But it but it also has like the good thing is, is supposedly it has other kind of like uh, uh things for like um mental health and whatnot to help the people get back on their gotcha. feet. But I'm gotcha. like but not having a bathroom in your house is kind of one of those things. <laughs> like it, it helps to have a bathroom in your house. Do they have running water at least? I don't know. I think so. Yeah. I'm sure they have. Well, running I water. So. I'm all, they're not just like living in a tough shed, right? And, and and I, you're, I, you're not homeless. I say all that. I say all that. And I lived in a dormitory where I didn't have a bathroom in my room. So yeah. yeah. I mean, so if, if, if we had, some of the the homelessness advocates uh, on right now, people like Debbie O'Malley, who's been mm-hmm. kind of beating this drum on the city council and now county yeah. commission for as long as I've been in Albuquerque, so at least fifteen years, probably more than that. I mean, she would she would tell you that for the entirety of human history, people have lived in unconventional structures. Absolutely, yeah. we don't 
you know, the, whatever the solution to this housing crisis we've got looks like, it does not have to be exclusively that everyone gets their own single family home or their own no, 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 no. apartment. It could very well be that we sprinkle a bunch of uh, of tent encampments, like formally right. sanctioned tent encampments with, with a central facility, sort of like the tiny home village, but the infrastructure yeah. kind of taken down a notch. Yeah. Like they've, I, they've done it in Las Cruces. It, we could do it here and they're, they're seriously thinking about it. Okay. See, that's why I'm fine with that. Whatever we have to do. I, oh, see, sorry. I, I like you, Peter. I, I, grew, I, I grew up homeless. Like I did, I was homeless a lot. My mom liked to say we were on vacation, but when you're camping somewhere for three months, that's not a vacation. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, mom, are we homeless again? But even that would work out. You're in a campground. There are bathrooms there. There is access to running water, and it worked. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you've got safety and and you're near-ish enough to things like that you need, like food and you know maybe social services or something like that, this yeah. this can be made to work. I mean, we it's only the last couple hundred years that we've been living in these fancy houses here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they were they weren't so hot back in the day. Yeah. No, no, you're right. <laughs> Indoor plumbing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, my grandmother grew up with on a farm with an outhouse, you oh, know, yeah. outside of Portales, and you know she's alive. It's fine. Yeah. I no, think no. whatever we need to do to make sure that our fellow human beings are safe and taken care of, and access to like mental health programs and things like that. Mm. I don't care what we have to do. If we have to pay more taxes and we have to pay more taxes to make sure that the people in our community are okay. The the word I keep hearing throughout this whole time is the word community. And mm -hmm. I'll come back to that. People go, well, how do we solve crime? We need more police. No, you need more community. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you fix the homeless problem? Well, you throw money at, no, you, you have more community. Mm -hmm. You know, all, all if you start with that, it builds the other stuff. And like, that's the weirdest thing about like downtown that I always describe to people. Like they go, you live downtown. Why would you want to live down there? It's, it's, you know, why would you want to? And I go, cause I, I, I'm, I'm part of a community and they mm -hmm. go, what are you part of a community. And then I tell them, I'm like, all my friends are live down there. You know, we, we, we hang out together. I, you know, I know that if I walk down central on a Friday night or Saturday night, I'm probably nothing's going to happen to me. Cause there's like 10 people that I know that are going to be, you know, that <laughs> saw something happening, they would do something. And, uh, you know, when it's New Year's Eve, when it's St. Patrick's Day, or when it's Fat Tuesday, when none of us go down there, and it's <laughs> our, we're all at a party off downtown all together with, like, one of us DJing, and so there's, like, you know, and we're all hanging out. And, we're you know, we take care of each other. When someone dies, we have, you know, we, we, we mourn. Um you know, when someone's sick, we, we, you know, we do what we can. Someone has a baby, we celebrate. It's, it's community. Mm -hmm. And that's the word. And well, and I think, I think the biggest thing here is, um, so I just had a, a conversation about homelessness with a friend of mine who they kind of offended me because they were talking about a homeless person as if that could not be any of us. Right. Right. Um, the truth of the matter is every American is one to two paychecks away from being homeless. You're one sickness away from being homeless. Yeah. And uh, she was making fun of a homeless person that she saw downtown. And the downtown community really embraces the homeless population. Mm -hmm. um, and 
I was like, excuse me, I know that person and they are indeed a human being. And like, maybe we shouldn't judge them, you know, for yeah. being homeless. I know if I didn't have Jason, I would probably be homeless. So no, you wouldn't. <laughs> See, that's the difference. You wouldn't. Well, yeah. Right. Well, I don't know. You know what? <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Because you would live with me, or you'd live with right. Smiley, or you would live an extra room. Yeah. Right. You'd live with somebody, but that's community. That's community. Yeah. But yeah. why do we always have to? I guess what I was trying to explain to this person is you have to see homeless people as your neighbors, as part of your community. Yeah. Because if we don't take care of them, sorry, my cat keeps attacking me in the middle of this conversation. Um, if we don't see them as part of our community and we don't take care of them, it becomes an issue it becomes right. a huge problem and not about crime not about anything like that but i personally hate seeing a human being on the side of the road suffering well and the like, answer the answer isn't let's move them all out to like 98th street or eight, no. eight mile, <laughs> nine mile or hill that's not the answer and i've heard like people talk about that like in previous years <clears throat> like oh you watch during balloon fiesta you're not going to see homeless people yeah Happens was, every year. And I was like, bullshit. And then sure as shit, I was like, where's, holy crap. Like over off a of 2nd Street, gone. And I was yeah. like, where do they go? And they're like, oh, they move them all out to eight, eight, 9 Mile Hill. I was like, that's ridiculous. That's not mm -hmm. fixing the problem. That's just show, like when the tourists come into town, we don't want them to see the homeless people. Or when presidential candidates come to town, same thing happens. <laughs> it's like... That's like my daughter shoving things under her bed where we have guests over to make oh, it's clean. Like her room is clean. Clean your room. <laughs> I take everything and put it in the closet and shut the door. She actually got all of her toys taken away this week for not doing what she was supposed to do. So yeah. there are consequences to all your actions, whether you're five or you're an adult. So, uh -huh. or you're a city with a homeless problem that you're not taking care of. Right. Well, it's not just Albuquerque. I actually read a big thing that, that a lot of the major cities. Well, first of all, if your city's answer to homeless and homelessness is putting a homeless person on a bus with a ticket to another city, mm -hmm. fuck you. Yeah. First of Straight all, up. cheers. Um, fuck you. <laughs> and I know that there's EMTs in this town. I was in an Uber one day, and a lady who does EMT work, she told me that they do that. And I thought that was the most mm -hmm. thing I'd ever heard. That's not fixing the problem. That's moving the problem to somebody else. Yep. Usually us. Usually us. <laughs> um, Albuquerque's not guilty of that, but it looking does at you, Utah. Looking at you, Utah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, on this note, I don't know if I talked about this. It's kind of along the same lines, but there's a show that I we've been watching on Prime called Utopia. It's spelled mm. U U T O P I A. It's Kevin a British I, show. Oh, oh, you're watching the British version. The British version is better than the U.S. version. And in the U.K., they stopped it after the second season. Yeah. Because it was too brutal, which it says something. Because <laughs> they, they, I don't know. Their censoring is a little lax, more lax than ours. What's the general um, premise here? <laughs> so the, the premise is that there's a virus... They call it the Russian flu um, that's coming out. And there's a bunch of people who think it's a con 
conspiracy that the government and the health department and everybody is working together and they come out with a vaccine that everybody's supposed to get. Um, you can see where this is controversial, right? <laughs> yeah. it's And this was made years ago, which makes it even eerier for the time. Mm. Yeah. But some of the themes of it are just like the earth is too populated. We have to they basically yeah. mercy kill children. Um and that's why the UK was like, Yeah, we don't line there. We can't be Well, so you know the United States version was coming out right as COVID was happening. Yeah. And they were like, Ugh. they were like, oh, I don't know about this. And people were like, John Cusack, I like that guy. And they turned it on. <laughs> and like, you know, and, and they were like, well, people may not get the vaccine now because yeah. of the show. We haven't watched the U.S. version. We're going to watch that next. But it, it um, got canceled after the one season. So <laughs> it only that, made it two seasons in the U.K. So. Does that like does that like it? Like if someone that's the thing I hate, like I hate starting a new show and, and I'm afraid I'm going to like it and then they're going to cancel it. It's like son of a bitch. So it's I kind of like, it's like when I watched Lost, the yeah. second I like a character, I'm like, that guy's dead. I uh -huh. like him. They're gonna kill mm -hmm. him. Sure yeah. sucks. I hate it. Yeah. There are some lighter shows out there you all could watch. I mean <laughs> no, no. Midnight Diner. Like no. that's a great show. <laughs> Nobody like dies. No, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm saying, like any TV show. Like, if I'm like, oh, oh I like this show, it's nice. And then, like, they're like one season, like, and I'm like, wow, this is actually well written. It's very intelligent. Awesome. <laughs> Canceled. And then they're like, two and a half men picked up for four more seasons. I'm like, son of a bitch. Hey, those were good four seasons. No, they weren't. Shut <laughs> the Ashton Kirster ones were much better than the first ones. And you should just call it the John Cryer show because he's the only one that's throughout the entire show. I'm not. I'm gonna, I'm gonna edit everything you just said out of the show. <laughs> had a night, John Cryer is a fantastic actor. So, so I'm an IT guy, Peter, and people always go, "Oh, you like IT? Do you watch The Big Bang Theory?" I'm like, "No." Oh, you'd like it? No, I won't. <laughs> watch it. Don't like it. And it goes. What you do for a living or what you do in your life, everybody can be like, oh, you do that? You would love the Big Bang Theory. Um, <laughs> like all people are like, oh, you're a comedian. You like funny things. Do you like the Big Bang Theory? I'm like, no, it has a <laughs> laugh track to tell you when to laugh. And yeah. Sheldon is an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, he's on the spectrum. It's not funny. Yeah. To make that. And we're not like, uh, I don't know. We're so bad. Uh-huh. What's more disappointing, watching a show as you were as you were saying that gets canceled, mm -hmm. and really loved it, or watching a show that you really liked at the beginning, but slowly um. starts to suck? Oh, I, I okay. So, I, like, I, I, I hear where you're going. So, the problem with the United States is, is we, like, you know, we're capitalistic, so we're like, ooh, this show did well. Let's milk it till it's done. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm more of a fan of like the European way where they're like, we're gonna do five seasons and we're done if we can't. Like six episodes a season or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I love Seriously. the IT, I love the IT crowd. It's funny. I always oh, tell people like Bang Theory, whatever. IT crowd, amazing. Now I'm with you because like there were several shows like Weeds were 
I was like, this show's awesome. Mm-hmm. Weeds can't wait for it. After the third season, jump the shark. You know, Dexter. Yeah, saying, we literally have a term for this. It's like my favorite term ever. Mm. Just because it's such a weird phenomena to have a term about. Yeah. There you go. I I really enjoy a show called Grace and Frankie. It's about two older ladies. Yes. I love that show. It has Lily Tomlin in it, which is why I really originally watched it. Um, And you know what? They're going to do their seventh season next year, and that's going to be it. I'm on the fifth season now. Yeah. And you know what? That show has not jumped the shark. It is so good. I want it to go on for 20 more years. Well, and I, I think it gets like, better every season. <laughs> and I feel like we're starting to see this more and more where you have the artist where they're like, yeah, I'm done. I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm not doing this for like 11 seasons. And like James and I talked about this weekend. So James, James went down with me to Alamogordo to get furniture for my parents' house. And we talked about this, like Danny McBride. When he did Eastbound and Down, he did four seasons, and then they were like, he's like, I'm done. The story's over. And they're like, no, no, you're contracted for five. And they made him do the fifth season of Eastbound and Down. I and- only remember three. Mm, no. Oh, Eastbound and Down? No, no, no. Hold on. Okay, no, no. Uh, but, and that's not the point. The point is. Oh, and so then, like, so then, of course, like HBO was like, you're a cash cow. So they're like, we're going to do this show, Vice Principals. We want you to sign. He, he brought it to them, and they said, yeah, we'd love to do this. And he's like, okay, well, I'm doing two seasons and two seasons only, and I'm filming them all at the same time. And that's what mm-hmm. he did. And he's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this bullshit where you like make me go past the story just because you want more money. And I like that. I'm a fan. Very admirable. Yeah. And you, I think you're starting to see that a little more. Well, it's it's a lot of that. Um like limited series things that they do in uh, in the UK. Like, and this is the storyline, and we're done. I, I'm, I'm going to say something controversial. I think, they could have, I think they could have not, they could have been canceled. Uh, Game of Thrones could have been canceled before the last season. They could have just canceled. <laughs> and we would have all been better people. We would have all just been pissed. We'd be all, I can't believe they canceled Game of Thrones. We didn't get the, the final season to see what happened. I think we'd be better off. HBO could have waited for George R. R. Martin to finish his own book. He wasn't going to do that, though. <laughs> Everyone knew it. Is this guy not listening? What's the term for a show that slowly starts like jumping the shark? We said that. Well, guess, maybe he didn't hear it, Christopher. Maybe, Don't be maybe, rude. Maybe the wavy hours jumped the shark. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think HBO, I think they're jerks for starting a series and just like expecting an author of these great books to be like, oh, you made a series. I'm going to rush my creative process and yeah. finish it so that you can make it. And so then they had to make a deal with him. And then I just, I find it so ridiculous that they're like, well, we're going to write our own ending. Yeah. But it might oh, I, not be the same ending. Oh, I thought he told him. I thought he told him like kind of an outline. I think told them an outline but like hbo went their own way he didn't give them an outline he told them how his version was going to end and then they said okay and <laughs> they went their own way with it I feel, like, I feel like in that final season he gave them an outline <laughs> and they just kind of filmed that they were like all right we have an outline and they're like what do we do for the dialogue i don't know <laughs> here's you need to you need to get from here to here just do that the best you can and I feel like that, <laughs> like that was like how they did the final season of Game of Thrones. I'm hoping 
hoping that he lied to them and that his book ends totally different than their series. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) That's what I hope happens. Does everyone here watch Game of Thrones? Well, I watched the last season. It's a long story, but my my bonus daughter is named Daenerys. So, of course, we are not happy with how that ended because she's turning out. Peter, a lot Peter did like you watch Game of Thrones? No, I've seen like two episodes. I <laughs> know nothing about so it. Like, so, like, imagine if, like, um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of what would be an equivalent, right? So, imagine if, like, don't, you, don't watch it. Don't even bother. Right. Billy made Billy bought me HBO, so he he made me binge all the seasons before the last season, so I would be caught up, and it was awful. It was like torture. Yeah. <laughs> well, so well, so like imagine if like the first seven seasons are written by like William Shakespeare, and then the last season was written by that dude at a party who can't tell one story without going into several tangents. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and like you're just like. You're like this is fun. Like, like you're like, like kind of like you're like, wow, everything else was so good. And then you're like watching the last season, and you're like, is anyone else think this is bad? Like, is, <laughs> is this as bad as I think it is? Like, like dudes, like it was clear that the dudes were like, after the seventh season, they were just like, fuck, another fucking season of this show. <laughs> and HBO's like, yeah, yeah, be arduous. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. We're ready. We're ready. And and it, and it's clear. It's clear as day that they just were like phoning it in today, bro. They're like, yeah, he gave us an outline. You guys just figure it out, guy. The dragon, the dragon burns a bunch of people. How about that? <laughs> and then the dude goes, and the dude goes, whoa. <laughs> you know, it's not that bad, but the the fucking uh, the 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 dialogue drops off drastically. Yeah. Isn't like the last season the one that's like notorious for like people who are like wearing their watches on set and having like Starbucks cups? Yeah, on the they had Starbucks cups. Cup. Yeah, they didn't give a shit, dude. They were just like, fuck. They're like, there's a Starbucks cup in the shot. Uh, whatever, dude. They're like, just keep going. I don't care. I mean, we, we just did a fucking dragon on the screen, dude. We can't digitally take a cup. Of it. <laughs> whatever, dude. Has anyone seen The Simpsons in the last few years? We just talked about that yesterday. Oh, really? yeah. And I Actually, have today. I I have today. James, I haven't. James has. I have actually. I started well, watching it. Is it is it good? Is it is it just because it's yeah? It seems like so. There's the jumping the shark thing that happens. I don't know between seasons four and seven or something. Yeah. yeah. When Conan and then the there's up, yeah. But what are you? They're in like season thirty-five or something yeah. ridiculous like that. What? What is that even like? I don't know. <laughs> myself, like, like someone was talking about how the monorail episode is like the most famous episode, and I'm like, that was like 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, what in the fuck is happening? Like, like, there's still got to be millions of people watching The Simpsons, right? Right. But I mean, my like- roommate, who's a voice actor, still he watches it every week. He loves it. Loves it. It's not all, bad. All I know is like they were like, we can't have white people doing the different. Yeah. You know, ethnic, and I was like, and 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 then like that came out, and I went like this. People are still watching The Simpsons. <laughs> what is going on, man? Well, it's just like I, I, I uh, so Matt Granick went to college in in Olympia, Washington, where I grew up, and I was once at a news conference with him. 
And uh, he and someone asked, like, how long do you think this will go? And this was in 2000. Uh, and he was like, yeah, they're just going to run it into the ground. And I'm like, <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, yeah, four or five more years. But like, no, no here we are in 2021. It's, yeah. <laughs> just saw they renewed it for like two more seasons or some shit. And I was oh, like, my word. God. And it's like it, a hovercraft. It's just right above the surface. It's just going to yeah. skim along forever. Well, I mean, really think about it. Really think about it. We have The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. We have Family Guy. Mm-hmm. We have South Park. Mm-hmm. All still going. Yeah. And like, I don't know anyone that watches any of those shows anymore. I, I, mean, I watch South Park periodically. Okay. They're cheap to produce, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that, that may be part of it. Well, and the, the South Park one is probably the only one I'll pop back in and watch it. And I'm not going to lie. If I pop back in and watch it, I'm like, wow, that was actually pretty, you know, the, the satire is so like thick, you know, it's super genius. But like, like, because I watched the, uh, the virus. Uh, oh, know, the, the vaccination. Yeah. yeah. Special. And, 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 and like, it just like the fact that they can be so topical so quickly is amazing. But other yeah. than, but I don't watch it on a weekly, like if someone's like, if someone's like, you got to watch this one, I'm like, okay, I'll go watch it. But the last time I watched South Park, was they'd always play it at Joe's when mm-hmm. it came out. Right, right. And I'd see it there. And they'd play it. They'd put it up on the TV. Oh, let's do this. Let's do this game. So, Peter, like, how long have you lived in Albuquerque? 15 years. Okay. You're one year more than I. Nice. So, what is your go to dive bar? Mm. Oh, God. Uh, Probably the Copper Lounge, but it's been a long time. Uh, it's, it's been a long time. Now. It's not, not a even dive a co- anymore. Yeah, it's not a dive bar. It's like, it's like bougie, <laughs> expensive, like it's classy. Oh, it was. So I, I used beauty. to live on Silver and Maple, and it was definitely mm-hmm. a dive back. I mean, I it was oh, they yeah. were still smoking there at that point. Was it Jack's? Was it Jack's back then still? Or was no, it was, it was the Copper Lounge. But, it's yeah. Copper Lounge, okay. Yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not diving anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. It's too, I used to love Copper Lounge. Yeah, same. And, and now I hate it. Now, now it's taco night. Oh, that was <laughs> well, the best shit. Oh, yeah. 25 cent taco night. It's by the mm-hmm. universe. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay, so what when you're when you're gonna go and get your uh, Mexican food fix, what's your place? Mm. Oh gosh. Uh well there's El Modelo, there's the coffee oh, yeah. house. Yeah. Uh, I mean I've I'd probably stick to my own neighborhood, La Mexicana. Look at you. Um, oh, my yeah. friend's family owns La Mexicana. Sorry, who, who does? Uh, my, my friend Marco, his family owns La oh, Mexicana. Nice. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. They're super sweet people. There's the um, there's the 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 old Wimpies, uh, the Red Bell Cafe. Oh, oh yeah. Irregular hours, but um, at least these days. What I about uh, Taqueria Mexico? Mm. Yeah, that's good. I was sad they moved, but yeah. El Paisa across the river. Yeah. Why do we always talk about food, guys? We just always because we get hungry towards the end of the second hour. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, where do you get breakfast burritos, Peter? Uh, probably Java Joe's. In fact, I had one this morning. That was my. I love Java Joe's, man. I mean, and I'm I'm sorry, you're getting a very. Barella centric kind hey, of. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. How, yeah. do you, how do we not know each other, man? Like that's where I'm. <laughs> I am 
I'm shocked, actually. Yeah. I bet you we have like 20 mutual Facebook friends. All right, I'm gonna look real quick. Yeah, and I yeah, like I I lived on Pacific for like a year. I love that yeah. neighborhood. Very good. But yeah, it's just whatever's walking distance, whatever's. Right. I live in Rio Rancho now, so I don't get to walk anywhere. Uh, what do we? What do you say to that, Peter, when she says I live in Rio Rancho? How does that make you feel? <laughs> I, I mean, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just a very diplomatic answer. I liked it. It's just a different world. And I, I mean, I feel <laughs> this way about the West Side in general, too. It's like, okay, a couple of months ago, I was interviewing, you, you all probably know Victoria from the OT Circus Gallery. Uh, Victoria Van Dam. I've never met her, actually. Um, yeah. I, so she's, she's in charge of uh, the Crest Building, the Nita Building, mm -hmm. Anna Muller's old office. Oh, I'm aware. She, she was like the driving force behind all the murals that went up on the plywood that went right. up on the storefronts. Uh, so I was interviewing her the other day, and she was just kind of talking about her plans for the Crest Building and how it's just going to be this artist hub and community and culinary and kind of the, the whole creativity kitchen sink. And I was thinking to myself, do people like you live on the West side? Yeah. I'm like, I'm super fascinated with this question. And I, I want to like get a million dollars and hire some demographer <laughs> or anthropologist to figure this out. It's like, it seems like, and, and, you know, maybe this goes back to what we were talking about an hour ago. It's like, there's something about these awesome creative weirdos who I don't understand that seem to concentrate in greater downtown yeah. That just give it a, a really special vibe. That there, and there's no well, way you could capture it on a tourist brochure or <laughs> or a newspaper oh, yeah. article. Although I want to try, but it's I can give you an answer to your question, Peter. Fire away. No, they do not. Um, <laughs> I moved out here, and uh, my house is pretty creative and weird, um, but. My fiance works in a normal corporate job because COVID kind of ruined the brewing community. Um, and so he got a corporate job at Verizon. And those people are the most boring human beings. The people he works with, I find them fascinating because they are so normal. Basic. They think we are insane. insane. They're like, wait. Your girlfriend is a comedian, and he's like, "Yeah," and he showed them some of my material, and they're like, "Oh my god, you let her do that on stage?" And he's like, "You yeah. have not met her. I did. I don't let her do anything. She just does it." Right. But they think we are fascinating, yeah. and everybody out here is like that. They're so normal, and it's weird. It's bizarre. Okay. Can I have a quick follow-up question here? Because yeah. I'm completely fascinated by this. So, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm on a podcast here. I, you know, run a little newspaper. We've got a, a podcast host. We've got an actor. We've got a comedian on here. Mm -hmm. Like, the, we're, we're sort of, like, peak downtown weird. Oh, here. yeah. Big uh, <laughs> time. However. Hold on. Do you know that this, this, we've been, I've been doing this show 15 years in July. 
Oh, wow. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Right. That's, so, it's uh, not, so it's not like, so when you say podcasting, we're talking OG, like yeah. before <laughs> people knew what the shit it was. <laughs> so here's, here's what I'm curious about. So, so we have downtown, right? We have the yeah. downtown core and we have the downtown core weird. Uh, mm. But then we've got the first layer of the outer downtown onion, mm-hmm. which is, you know, neighborhoods that include like the the Park Place Apartments on 14th right. Right. or the Country Club or West Old Town, which in some spots is downright agricultural. Uh, right. We've got the, the downtown neighborhoods area kind of roughly between Old Town and downtown on the north side of Central. A lot of historic homes like the people who live there are not necessarily peak downtown weird. They're, right. they're just, they have fairly normal jobs and they have fairly normal lives. And yet I feel like there is still, even in, in, in places like that, there's still an affinity yes. for, for the weird that, and that is definitely not shared with, with the kind of West side Rio Rancho or far Heights. That's, no. that's kind of what fascinates me because so, there's subcultures everywhere but the fact that yeah. some of the the more normal people of society could kind of identify when people, that in a when community. When people ask me what I do here, Sorry, they literally again. look at me like I'm a unicorn, yeah, like a mythical creature. And then they say, "Oh, I've never met a comedian before. Like I'm a bridge troll." Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. It's so Think weird. about this. I've been doing this for seven years, <laughs> and every time I say it to someone that I, I, I'm a professional, like background actor, and sometimes I do stunts, they always have to fight back a chuckle, like I'm <laughs> making this shit up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I have a day job. I have a day job. I work for, um, I work on base at a place, and that's about as much as I can say about it. But anyway people i'll start talking to people and you know you have all these commuters that commute there and they'll be like well so anyway this has gotten so here's what happens so a lot of my coworkers already know about this so when i i don't even like i'll meet someone i'll walk up to them and i'll be like hi i'm chris and they're like a new person and then they'll walk up y'all they'll be like, yeah this is chris he has a he has a a famous like web show podcast on the internet and i don't even have to like i don't even have to tell them it just happens right so then um, a bunch of my coworkers, like, you know, they were like, let's go for beers. And, and they're like, well, you know, Chris, like, I'm always the guy that like, hey, where are we going to go get beers at? You know, all the places. And I'm like, OK. So then I would go downtown. I'd be like, let's go to, you know, uh, Sidetrack or let's go to Bozy or let's go to whatever, blah, 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 blah. And we would go and wherever we would go, I would know people always like or people would drive by in a car and yell out my name. Yeah. You know, something. <laughs> And so one of my so one of my fucking coworkers was like, "Oh, you're the mayor of downtown," and then that got steamrolled. And so now I go to places and I get called that, and it's like the weirdest. Like I go to El Rey liquor store, and they're like, "The mayor's here," and I'm like, "What? No, that's not a thing." Victoria might fight you for that term, by the way. She can, she can all day because that's how I know where she is. She can all day because she's the one who posted that on her own thing and said, "I'm the I'm the unofficial mayor downtown," and that's fine. I'm fine with her saying that because, <laughs> like, all these people, like, I'll take them downtown and they're like, whatever, you know. And oh, geez, see, they're like, now Chris needs more security. Jesus. Uh, 
and that's fine. I'm I'm fine with her saying you know saying that she is. I don't like it for me. I don't like like I'll go in the liquor store and they're like, you know who that is? That's the mayor. And I'm like, shut! Don't don't say that stuff. <laughs> And it's so weird to me because, like, I'll go with my coworkers, and they just think that this whole world of downtown is like this crazy, like, fantasy fun world. Do you know the people in Rio Rancho? I'm just sorry to to like trash Rio Rancho people, but like, <laughs> what? These, my friends. these people, these people don't know. So he was talking to his coworkers. And he, they were like, oh, well, where does Holly do her comedy? And he was like, well, she has a show at this cool place downtown. And they're like, oh, my God, you let her go downtown? Yeah. And he's so, like, no. yeah. And they're like, in the basement. they were like, they have never, they've never been there. Yes, they're also like, and she does comedy in a basement downtown. <laughs> um, they're just really, they think that people walk around downtown with like knives out sometimes yeah. i mean <laughs> see she's, yeah, she's not wrong we're a bit pretentious and it's like i i'm just gonna be really honest with you i have not made very many rio rancho friends yeah mostly because they think i'm a certain kind of person just because i hang out downtown <laughs> you know and I have tattoos. I'm sure that doesn't help. You don't hang that. out at the effing bar. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know what that place is like. Don't kill. <laughs> don't shoot me. Uh, not to you know shamelessly self-promote here, but this is honestly one reason I think my my paper resonates. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Because you know if you if you read you know the journal or watch uh, like Channel 13's news or something like that. It's there are a lot of news segments that are about I don't know something that happened at Montgomery and yeah and we don't give a shit Bow or something and it's like that may as well be a foreign country yes it's yeah. Just, yeah don't care like, I I routinely visit you know the Bay Area of, of California more often than many parts of the West Side <laughs> uh, and it's. It's, and, and I always feel like there's like a downtown vibe everywhere too, where it's like, like if, if you were to watch uh, or if you were to consume some media from downtown Denver or downtown Tucson or downtown Phoenix, if they have such a thing there, uh, I, I feel like we would identify with that more. Oh yeah. And mm -hmm. people elsewhere. It's like downtown is downtown. It's the center. It's where all the, it's where all the crazy artists and and chefs are. It's just kind of oh, its own yeah. vibe everywhere you go. It's, it's a scene of people, and I mean, you know, you, you just you just see all different walks of life, and mm -hmm. and it's a melting pot, and that's so great. What I love about going to other cities too. What I love, about, but here's the difference though. Like Albuquerque, we have our own, we have like a we have like a attitude about it. Like if we go to another city, like a major city, you might be like I remember I was in Phoenix. My friend was like who lived there she's like where are you at and i was like oh i'm on the corner of this and this and she's like oh my god that's a terrible neighborhood and i'm like it's okay to me <laughs> you know like it didn't bother me one bit i'm like oh, it's fine to me like seems kind of have, nice seems yeah it didn't seem bad <laughs> Everyone's and, got and i and i don't know if that's because we're just kind of used to it or what like i don't know i mean like, it's oh, you know different you know from Africa, yes, have a so, reputation Oh, sorry, Smiley. So somebody told me that there's a ghetto 
of Rio Rancho. What? Yes. Is it called and Albuquerque? So I drove there because I was like, I need to see this. That was fucking spit beer. <laughs> I was like, what? There's a ghetto of Rio Rancho? And I mean, I guess. <laughs> I guess. No, Smiley. Uh, Albuquerque is the ghetto of Corrales. Get it, <laughs> get it right. <laughs> or Los Ranchos, I guess. Los Ranchos. Sorry. Uh, I, I went there and it's literally like one apartment building. It's like one apartment community. <laughs> That's where they live. See? Look at them. That's like for, them. you know, I don't know if it's because it's like poor people living there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And I was like, <laughs> I wasn't terrified at all. I was, I was like, I kind of like it here. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Holly <laughs> pulled out her switchblade. She started <laughs> oranges up. She's all, I could live here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just, I had to laugh. I was like, yeah. you've uh, got to okay. be kidding me. So let's ask Peter this: What's your favorite? What's your favorite place in downtown? Favorite place, any kind of place? Yeah, whatever, man. Oh God, uh, <laughs> that's gonna be. Questions get vague towards the end. Yeah, no kidding. Well, no, no. Uh, downtown Albuquerque news. Where do you go downtown? Like, where do you? Okay, well, all right. Where do you go to eat? Um, other than Java Joe's. Yeah, let's see. I don't know. We've been to well, Brown's Coffee House, of course. We went to Sushi Hana there on Seven. I like Sushi Hana. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the the Red Door, um, Oni. Um, let's see. How, how much? Actually, how much do you miss the Blackbird? Let's really ask that question. That's mm. real. Let's make it real. Let's get real. Uh, we are going to judge you by your answers. So oh, you're really, very important. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I went there several times. It was good. Hold on. Let me get Danny. Let me get Dandy on the phone here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Want to get Brian? Dandy or Brian on the phone? This guy yeah. here has got a paper downtown. And said your place is shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I liked it. No, I, I you know I have no idea what happened to it. That was kind of before oh. I was on the beat. But oh, okay, I can tell you. I can tell you the whole story. Fire away. Yeah. So we basically uh, lived there. <laughs> yeah, we lived that was that was like our heart, the heart of downtown for us. So, you had these four guys that were like in a band together called the Dirty Novels, and their 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 idea was, let's let's all go into business together and start a bar, and it will fund our touring. And uh, so they they so they're like corporation they created was called a novel idea, and you had these, and then of course you know they open the bar and then the band breaks up. And uh, so you have four owners of a bar that they're leasing the the building. They're leasing the liquor license. You know how cheap that is. Was you know? Yeah. You then, so, the, so you have no real manager. Like they keep bringing in managers, but none of them are like <laughs> managers. Not actually managers. And every Sorry. one of them walks in and like changes. Like they'll they'll be like, oh, I want this done, or I want that done. And you know you can't have four people in a business, and so they just constantly like broke even or lost money, and just <laughs> they were like, "Fuck it." <laughs> None of not, they they like it got to the point where like one of them was like, "Something bad's gonna happen. I'm gonna get sued. I want out. Buy me out." And the other people wouldn't buy them out, <laughs> and so they were just like, "All right, we're done." 
And it's sad because it was such a great, like, I love that place so much. My best Blackbird They made a lot of mistakes. Like, like like hiring me, that was, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Number one mistake. Smiley would sleep in the attic. (laughs) Okay, but I also cleaned the attic. I had to clean the entire storage space in the attic so I had space to sleep, okay? So there were so many nights, like, there were, like, after hours where I was was in there drinking and... the place was closed, and we're just drinking for free till like four in the morning, many nights. Like just ridiculous. Wow. Oh yeah. But the owners were there for that. They they were the owners were there. They're like, yeah, yeah let's just fucking drink till like four in the morning. And like, there was like one night where there was like a Scandinavian black folk metal band with us just drinking till four in the morning. And yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it was it was a fun crazy trip, but yeah. You, you, we cut you Peter was saying, "Well, that oh, that sorry. this this completely blows my best black <laughs> story out of the water." But this one time, uh, speaking of weirdos who like to do odd things, my wife and I on a Sunday morning, uh, I think she was just my girlfriend back then. We we hop on the Route sixty six bus, take it all the way to Tramway, and then walk to the river from there. What? Uh, and made several spots made several stops along the way and it was it was great fun but our our kind of last stop before the river was to do a tequila shot at blackbird bouvet oh gosh before we then you know, like made it into the home stretch and and actually put our feet in the rio grande so there's yeah there's a, there's a few good memories there who was the bartender like, serving you tequila shots after all that drinking oh well there was it wasn't like a a completely um no, uh, it wasn't a bar hopping trip the whole way. We, oh, okay, okay. We I, were that would we be tell in and get something, you know. Jesus Christ, that's a long dude. Tramway to the river. Good yep. night, Nancy. How many, how many hours was that? It's probably three or four. I want to say. Jesus, yeah, right. I don't know. My, my wife is into these like long walks. She likes to go <laughs> death marches, and I'll do it too. I just don't like doing it in nature. It's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. nature gets boring after a while, but. Uh, you got all these buildings like here. Tree. That's cool. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think is the heart of downtown right now? Um. You're really putting him on the spot, Chris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always thought. So okay. So there's there's a lot of people who they think of downtown exclusively as the downtown core, where all the big mm-hmm. buildings are. Right. right. Um, I have always wondered and brought up as a conversation topic, why downtown can't have many spots? Uh, because it's it's not a big area. When you think about like I-40, the river, I-25, you've got, you've got maybe 10 different spots that all have their own kind of interesting vibe. And there's, you know, there's downtown core, there's the Wells Park brewery scene, there's 4th Street and Borellis, there's West Downtown even, like, and that barely existed, you know, 10 years ago. West Downtown, Elvado, Old Town, now we've got Sawmill. It's just like all of these little spots that each kind of have their own thing. Yeah. Um, and their own vibe. And I've I've often wondered why a lot of people think that downtown needs to be some central unified thing rather than kind of a constellation of of different things. Oh, the, the kind of gallery scene on mountain, even particularly now that we've got the right. 
you know, slow burn coffee and, and, uh, the ricochet gallery and places like that. Um, yeah, it's, I, uh, I, so I don't know. That's a, that's kind of a lame way to answer your question, but what's, what's the heart of the downtown core, the heart of the downtown core, uh, for you, I'm not saying for everybody. Just for, for you, me, the the sort of cultural beating heart, if you will. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I kind of like Sixth and Central, honestly. That's a really good answer. Uh, and, and you're and you're and you're wrong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that that's actually because like I felt like you know. Uh, there, you know, since I've lived here, I've lived here 14 years, you know, and uh, when I moved here, we, we talked about this. You didn't go past Gold Street 14 years ago, you just didn't. You didn't, you didn't, unless you, didn't, you lived you there, went, unless you lived there. You went to Burt's and you went to Atomic on Gold, but as a, as a person that wasn't from the area, you didn't really walk towards you know where I live now. You just didn't. It was pretty rough, you know, and you know, like I was telling my mom, I was like, when I first moved to Albuquerque, you had you'd go downtown, they block off the streets, and you would have twenty police officers right in the middle of downtown. Yeah, five, five, five would be on horseback. And do you remember the wooden like swords that they would have like in their saddle? Like they could pull that out and like hit somebody with it. I never saw them hit someone with it, but like they had them. And I was like, why would oh, you? Yeah. What the shit is it? And then they had that little that little like uh, booth that like elevated. <laughs> On a trailer, yes. yes, and uh, and then she's like, So they don't have that anymore. I was like, Well, I mean, I think it was kind of like the elephant with the rope, you know, like the, the elephant starts with being chained up, and then later on, they just put a rope. And so, <laughs> like, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, we have so many cops down here, like, they're, they're like, Don't fuck, don't, don't mess around downtown, and so they just kind of got less and less and less. But like, when I first moved downtown, it was like crazy amounts of cops, but but it was safe, you know. And uh, I don't know. I don't like if you ask where the heart of the, the six yeah, is. A um, geez. So pre COVID, because like COVID's, there is no good. I think it's like Sixth Street to like the roundabout right now. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I not. Think, what about like five hundred five food hall and Asian noodle bar and all that? Nothing. No. Not the heart. No. I think I think I think where if you're gonna go where the where the where the where the culture is where the people are, is you'll have people parked in that parking lot across from uh, where the old duel was, and they, they they'll have the nice cars. You'll you'll have you have you have Oni Noodle right there. You have Sushi Hana. You have OT Circus. You have El Rey Liquor Store. You have Inside Out. You have uh, Launchpad. That's where the people who are like the, the, the characters of downtown are going to be. Mm. Yeah. My idea of the heart of downtown is like launch pad inside out, all mm. that stuff. And that's just because that's where I hang out. So yeah. for me personally, I just like to hang out with the weirdos. Yeah. Um, it's just fun. <laughs> I like the, I like weird, it's interesting a- people. I like the lady who has a goose named Gertrude that she walks yeah. down the street. <laughs> Yeah. Where are you going to see that anywhere else? She She's allowed to bring her goose named Gertrude inside the liquor store in downtown Albuquerque. Like, Can you get me her name? I want to do a story about that. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen uh, that? Oh, that, yeah, that's great. Yeah. You 
wanted yeah. to ask Brandon Smith who owns yeah. Gertrude. I don't know who owns Gertrude, but I know right. Gertrude. We'll get the we'll get the name for you. Yeah, I any, know. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Yeah. But uh yeah, let's let's finish up here. I wanna I wanna thank uh Peter for being on the show. I'm really glad that we've met now. Yeah. I think no, it's it's crazy. We haven't before, but yeah, thanks so much for having me, everybody. This is when everything goes back to normal. We should totally hang out. Well, I mean, I I would. I I don't want you now. You know where I live. Don't do not do not ring my. (laughs) Do not talk. Do not look me in the eye. I'm just kidding. No, no, we will. We will. We will have hangs, man. We will. You know, backyard (laughs) hangs. Whatever. You're totally invited. Yeah. All right. Um, And uh, you know, it'll be fun. I mean, that that because you know, community. So that's that's the world, man. You know, that's what it's know, all about. Your neighbors, you know. Don't just don't just like close the blinds and be like, I don't hope the neighbors don't come over here. <laughs> now I do like that I don't have very many neighbors. I'm gonna say that, but still community. And it's a good thing. <laughs> uh, but Peter, uh, where can people download or, or get a subscription to downtown Albuquerque News? Downtown Albuquerquenews.com. Nice. Uh, we're gonna finish with that. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to say or do? Or I do not. Nice. Um, oh, I did forget one thing. I'm actually very proud of this. Uh, the movie uh, Snatchers is streaming on oh. HBO Max. That's right, yeah. And okay. I am definitely in that. Oh, all right. We'll watch that. I guess I'll watch it. I guess. Uh, Sunday night. Thank you guys for watching. <laughs> With that, we are... Ten drink. Minimum. Dot com. <laughs>